0: So good morning. Just a little disclaimer this morning. Uh, today is the end of youth week, so which means I've spent the last week, since last Sunday, almost all my waking hours with teenagers. Um, we went to um, the Airheads, the trampoline park. We did uh, jumping and dodgeball and uh There was a rock climbing and a whole bunch of fun things on Monday night. Tuesday, we made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and we head out to feed the homeless. On Wednesday, we headed down to Fort DeSoto Park, had a cookout and a beach day. Last night, we went to a cosmic bowling at Dunedin Lanes and then had a lock-in here, a sleepover, Um, which means... um, I didn't get much sleep, and when I agreed to do the sermon, I wasn't thinking about the fact that I would have to preach the next day on little to no sleep. So having said that, bear with me, Um, I'm frazzled today, so just bear with me today, thank you. (laughs) So a little bit about myself. My name is Leslie Goodell. I am the youth director here at Dundee and Methodist Church. I've been a member of this church for over 32 years. My husband, Michael, and I got married here 31 years ago in the sanctuary. I actually first came to this church in the early 80s with a friend of mine, Dave McCraney, who invited me to youth group. I've been through a lot this church, both amazing and heartbreaking. But God continues to amaze me in how he can use the people at Dunedin First United Methodist Church. And I'm blessed to be a part of it. 26 years ago, on a Sunday just like today, I I became part of the youth. It was a youth Sunday just like this. The youth were giving their testimonies, they were singing, and I felt that little tug on my heart. Maybe I need to be a part of that ministry. After the service, I approached the youth pastor at the time, Owen Foljam, and said, Hey, I'm thinking maybe I'm having a calling for youth ministry. And so he said, Come out on Sunday night and see what it was all about. Well, that's where I've been for the last 26 years on Sunday nights, is hanging out with teenagers. I still have a passion for youth ministry. I love being involved with the teenagers. I love hanging out with these crazy guys. So either it was a calling or I'm crazy or maybe just a little bit of both. Both. Uh, Today's scripture uh, came from Galatians 6, uh, which is the scripture that goes along with the Wilderness Trail logo, uh, which you can see on the screen. And here's how they explain that logo. The Wilderness Trail logo, and that's a group, by the way, that we hiked with, just to let you know. The Wilderness uh, Trail logo depicts the experience in which we invite youth, family, college students, adults, volunteers, and leaders to live. Based on Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. This image has become for us an image of the kingdom of God as we go about burden-bearing in small group wilderness journeys, walking together, taking quiet time, sharing boxes and holy grounds, washing one another's feet, playing in the rain, serving and celebrating secret friends, sharing meals, and trusting the process. This image reminds us to love one another on trail and out in the world. And as you can see on the picture, each one is helping the person in front of them with their pack bearing some of their load. So how do we bear one another's burdens? And what are the burdens of the people around us that we need to bear? At the end of his life, Sir Winston Churchill said, when I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. Churchill was talking about the burden of worries that never actually materialize. However, there's a lot of types of burdens in life, and some are very real. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So, look around you. Do you know the burdens that your Christian neighbor is bearing? Do you know what worries them? What pain they're going through, both emotionally and physically? Do you know the strained relationships in their lives? Do you know the sins that they're struggling with? Some of you might know those. Some of you might know them enough to know what someone's struggling with, but I'm telling you there are so many more in this room that you can't even imagine. So, how do we bear those burdens if we don't know what they are? Good question, right? One of the first things that I can think of is to talk to people around you in church. Say, hey, how are you doing? And listen. Okay, I know. How many people are going to say, I'm fine. But are we really? If you're the one being asked, be honest. I'm not asking you to pour out your heart and soul but maybe just say, "Hey, I'm struggling with something." And find a time to sit down with that person and talk about it. And if you're struggling with something and someone is not asking you, "How are you doing?" find someone you trust and talk to them about it. I know this can be really hard. There are a lot of reasons why we're talking about our feelings, fear of conflict, of rejection, emotional perfectionism. We don't want other people to see, flaws. low self-esteem, hopelessness. We can't imagine how talking about it could do any good. But I'm here to tell you talking about what you're struggling with do wonders. In 2013, Shortly after his 75th birthday, my father passed away suddenly from a heart attack. It blindsided me. I was broken. My mom had passed away several years ago, but it was a completely different situation. Who struggled most of her adult life with drug addiction and alcoholism, and her frail body just couldn't keep going. She had suffered for so long, and she was finally at peace. We were ready for it, well, as ready as we could be. But my father's sudden death was like drowning. I couldn't breathe. And to top it all off, he was married to, um, let's just say, not the nicest person, um, who was physically, emotionally, and verbally abusive to her stepchildren. My two sisters who are here today um, (laughs) and I decided that we needed to make that trek to Dallas for the funeral, despite the fact that we were pretty much told we weren't welcome there. We even wrote an email to our stepmother saying that um, we would like to speak at the funeral and wrote a really nice little um, letter about what we wanted to say, even including the fact that we knew how much our father was loved in Texas. This is the response that I got back from her, quote, unquote. We have tried to make it very clear to all of you that this time of remembering is for us. This time of remembering is for me, my family and Bob, that's my dad and my friends. This is the reason you are told there will not be closure for any of you at this service or by coming to Texas in all capital letters. This time of celebration of life is not about you girls. The answer is no. So even though we knew this was not going to be easy, we rented a car and made the long journey to Texas for our father. We were determined to act in a manner which would make our dad proud. We knew the difficulties of this, there's so much pain and hurt associated with our stepfamily. So my sister Brenda came up with a safe word, something that we could say when we felt our blood boiling, when we just felt like we were about ready to stand up and scream about the injustice of what was going on. Our safe word was ice water. Don't ask me why, I don't know. And boy, oh boy, did we need that Savior. As we entered the church, several people came and immediately knew who we were. My sister Kristen and I looked just like our dad. Uh, They were very nice and told us where to sit on the third row behind our stepfamily. It was excruciating. All this talk about our father and not one word about his daughters that he loved so much. His step grandchildren putting flowers on the altar for their step grandfather. Our stepsister talking about our father. Ice water, ice water, ice water. Okay, we made it through. We did it. No outbursts. <laughs> After the service, there was a reception in the basement, which included a slideshow, which didn't really include his daughters. And as we sat at the table, just dumbfounded about what had just happened, three ladies walked up to us, introduced themselves as our, our father's co-workers, and asked us if everything was okay, and wanted to know why we didn't have anything to do with the service. We told them it was a really long story. They could see our pain. They invited us out to dinner that night, and we accepted. It was exactly what we needed. It was the closure we weren't supposed to get. We were able to read what we wanted to say at the funeral. We, were, we laughed, we cried, we talked about the father that we loved so much. That day could have ended so much differently if those three amazing women wouldn't have noticed our pain, reached out to us, and let us speak our peace. Let us talk about the Father that we love so much. I'm telling you, talk about it. Talk about it. It helps. We can't bear each other's burdens if we don't know what they are. Okay, drink of water real quick, sorry. Another thing that I can think of that we can do to get to know each other so we can talk to each other is through small groups. I absolutely love my small group, and I know they feel the same way. In fact, a couple weeks ago, when sharing an unforgettable moment at small group, my friend said that her unforgettable moment was being a part of our small group. It's a great way to connect with other Christians, have accountability, grow in your faith. I definitely highly recommend it. And when you get to know people, it's easier to open up to them. So uh, Kiana and Aaliyah read from uh, the message version today of the scripture, Galatians 6, 1 through 10. And I'd like to look at it right now um, in the NIV version, the first three verses. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. So, if something that someone is struggling with is a sin, what are we supposed to do? Did you notice it says, restore that person gently? Gently. In the New Living Translation, it says, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly or spiritual should gently and humbly help that person back on the right track. And if you remember, the message version said it this way, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be seeing some forgiveness before this is over. So just remember not to be critical or judgmental when someone's telling you about their burdens. You know you wouldn't want someone being that way with you. Last Sunday, Pastor Jason talked about lamenting to God and about how in the middle of chaos and the mess that we're to go to God and talk to him, we can talk to others, too. And God's got a great way of using other people, too. He also talked about how when we keep feelings to ourselves and bury them, we bury something alive, what happens? It comes back to haunt you, just like the scary movies. Hey, I don't know about you, but that's like a good reason to talk about what's going on in your life. The good, the bad, and really. Take a look at the end of today's scripture, Galatians 6, 9 through 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for in proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunities, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are to the family of believers. Part of Scripture reminds me of my favorite Bible verse, which is Ephesians 2:10. We are God's workmanship, created to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. It's obvious God wants us to do good works, and he doesn't want us to grow weary of doing them. About 15 years ago, on a very busy Sunday, a Sunday in the life of a church staff where you just wish you had a cot in the corner, because I had two services Sunday school small break then a youth parent meeting and a a group Uh, since I didn't have a cot I decided I'll just take a walk and get some fresh air so as I was taking the walk I was thinking about the scripture that we had just talked about in in school, how um, God prepares good deeds in advance guess what As I'm walking, right after thinking about that, here's a a woman, an elderly woman, struggling to take her groceries in. I walked up to her and I asked her if I could help her carry the groceries in. She said yes. I grabbed the rest of the bags and brought them in for her. She was so thankful. She wanted to give me money. I said, no, it's my pleasure and God bless. She grabbed me and hugged me and she told me that she just can't thank me enough and you wouldn't even understand how much this means to me. That's what it's all about, guys. The good deeds, they're all around us. Every day, everywhere we go, we just have to open our eyes and see them and get to work and do them. Well, you would have been so proud of our youth group on mission trip this summer they listened to the call to do good work. And they came and they did the work and they did not even grow weary even in the 108 feels-like temperature. They worked. And they did what God wanted them to do. So my challenge to you is to look around. Find those good deeds and do them. See the person next to you who's and be there for them. Listen, don't judge. Wow, can you imagine what this world would look like if everyone lived by those simple principles? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the deeds that you prepared for us. Help us to see them and have the courage to step out of our comfort zones and actually do them. Help us to be there for our... Neighbors, especially our Christian neighbors. We want to bear each other's burdens, but we just don't know how sometimes. I pray for wisdom and discernment to see where we can help and to give us the right words to say. We are a broken people living in a broken world. Let us not be judgmental or critical of others. Help us to show the love and grace to others, just as you have shown to us. It's in Jesus' name, amen.